Hi everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Romance and Color. This week we have the one, the only, the voice of black romance, Miss Wesley Siobhan. If you don't know who Wesley Siobhan is, then obviously you have not been listening to enough black romance audiobooks. She has done the gamut uh, young adult, erotica, urban, LGBT. She's worked with some of the greats, Alexandria House, Nicole Fall, Christina C. Jones, um, Katrina Jackson, among others, as well as Tia Williams, The Perfect Fine. She narrated that as well. We talked to Wesley about her process. We talked about how she got into uh, audio narration. And we talk about what she sees as the future of audio narration for Black folks and Black folks getting into audio narration. So you all sit back, relax, and enjoy this wonderful special episode of Romance and Color with the one, the only, Wesley Siobhan. Everybody, welcome to our podcast. Um, we are here at Romance and Color with the one and only Wesley Siobhan. Yay! 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 Welcome, Wesley. <laughs> Hi. Yes. Are you, ladies? We are great. We are great. Wonderful. Happy to have you this week. This is a special treat for our listeners. I am happy to be here. Yes, and thank you for joining us and talking to us about the world of audiobook narration and, you know, um, especially your role as an audiobook um, narrated for romance, um, Mm -hmm. because that's what this podcast is about, romance. Um, So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you got started um, in audiobooks and, you know, what made you fall in love specifically with the genre of romance and wanted to narrate it? Um, let's see. I got started a few years ago and, um, I was just working for, um, one of the publishers at the time and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, are you interested in this title? And I read it and I was like, hold up, what is happening over here? Cause I hadn't read a romance since you know, but I don't even know if you would consider it romance. It's probably fiction, but like, you know, like the um, oh my god, like Fly Girl from back in the day, and like, yeah, more like women's fiction, yeah, yeah, women's fiction. I was reading Pearl Clegg, you know, what like what looks like crazy on an ordinary day. Mm-hmm. So I hadn't read a novel really since then, and then the book I read was Annie Up by Christina C. Jones, and I was like, hold up. This is very satisfying to me in a lot of different ways. And I was like, I need more of this. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was either Christina or Stephanie, I forget who reached out to me first about um, just working independently. And I was like, yeah, I'm here for that. I don't know what that means. Cause at that point I didn't know anything, but it was just cool that I, I guess ultimately I felt like my interest and my, um, my my talents my skills met up with i was fortunate that it, it met up with a genre um in a need you know a space where mm-hmm. like somebody like me is actually needed um yeah. and i was having fun and enjoying it and like mm-hmm. meeting all of you guys like this is like y'all is just <laughs> like the best kept secret over here um <laughs> like everybody's so cool the projects are really dope and i i'm excited about just highlighting black voices and seeing us in many different shades and 
Mm-hmm. So I just, I felt at home, you know, I just awesome. took my shoes off. And so Wesley, can you back up a little bit? So tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where are you from? What was your work background before you got into, re, you know, the audiobooks? Because I know you mentioned working for a publishing company. So can you just tell us a little bit about kind of the roots? Well, I'm kind of from all over, but um, I most recently was in Jersey and just acting, you know, doing my thing as an actor mm-hmm. and um, kind of going through that thing that a lot of actors go through, like, okay, well, what do I want to do? And mm-hmm. um, tried a little bit of everything, but I feel like it was audiobooks has just really been uh, satisfying and good right now, but I've done it all. Yeah, like I've done mm-hmm. plays and movies and um, little TV here and there. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But we, I mean, we as romance fans, particularly those who are like steep deep in <laughs> romance, particularly with indie romance, know you and we know your work. I, for me, as a as a ab- advocate of you know romance, particularly independent romance. If I see mm-hmm. you narrate, if I know the book is narrated by Wesley Siobhan, I'm going to pick it up. I don't care. If, I don't care who like wrote it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I think the first time I heard your voice was like on the Alexandria House um, mm-hmm. book. And I was like, mm-hmm. I like the way she, she, she like speaks. I felt like you brought your authentic self to each project. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you didn't try to hide you know, or tame down your blackness, your your mm. know, for each project. So tell me, mm. you know, what is it about audiobook narration, particularly for black indie romance, allows you to bring your authentic self? I think um <laughs> I don't know. I've been trying to toe this line of like say what's politically correct and like, mm-hmm. you know, do the code switch. And I realized I'm not good at that. So the truth is, like, there's nobody standing over you kind of telling you how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has its advantages. And, the, and it could also have its disadvantages. But um, I think starting out, I, I, there was a very particular way that you needed to narrate. Please mm-hmm. put every every T at the end of the word. Please put every D. And I was just like, but she don't talk like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, your right. character may not have that that quality, that sound, mm-hmm. but that mm-hmm. might be authentic to that character. And I think sometimes what people don't understand, they're just trying to follow the rules and put out a, a product. But if they don't come from a particular background or culture, and are not even, and you know, not saying that they need to be, but if they're not necessarily thinking about it from a creative, like authentic place, if they're not thinking that way, but they are the boss, we got to do it the way the boss said to do it, you know, but in the indie space, another reason why I've really enjoyed being over here is that there's nobody standing over me saying, "Mm -mm, you you said, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you didn't put the the K on that, the the T on that. (laughs) And and it's Mm -hmm. interesting because I've found um, a lot of freedom, but I also have had authors say to me, like, I don't need all of that. I, I want these characters to sound the way they do in my head. And I think... Mm-hmm. I've How does that work when they give you that feedback? Are you willing to kind of record it over a segment? Or is it like a back and forth and you say, well, this is what felt right to me? How, how does that, that process? And I no, guess we'll what talk I'm saying- more about that later, but... 
Well, what I'm saying is I didn't, it, there was never really a correction. It was more oh, like, okay. I like what, the way you do it and that I don't have to say. They allow um, you to just be you. Yeah, okay. you know, so, and I think that the the gift is that I, I know a lot of these people. I have, I have like familial or friend references for a lot of the characters that I read or honestly like I, I watch the same shows as some of my authors I, I kind of get mm-hmm. a sense of you know when there are a group of women in a kitchen and they're talking to the main you know the heroine about her love life well I know who auntie is I have a reference for that mm-hmm. I know who grandma is I know who the little cousin on her cell phone popping her gum is you know mm-hmm. so I think mm-hmm. that it just helps, you know. Um, yeah, it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah. For me, like you were saying, the authenticity, the the cultural, the way you infuse cultural nuances that the writers want um, translated across is just so mm-hmm. to me genuine, and it shows mm-hmm. that you care about the work. So, what's the process like for you when you get a project? Do you read the book first, then narrate? Do you kind of meet with the author to see where they want to go with it. So how's the process like for um, picking an audiobook to narrate? And, you know, are there certain ones that you're like, no, I'm not, I'm, I can't do that. That's not really for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generally like an author's like, hey, I got a project. And if it's a certain author, I'm just going to do it because mm-hmm. I've done enough of their work and I'm just excited to work with them again. Mm-hmm. And then authors that are like, I'm getting to know, I sometimes will just ask for like a summary of it and like maybe a chapter or two just to get a sense of if I feel like I'm a good fit for it. And like mm-hmm. initially I was just taking everything. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, I might not be a good fit for this mode of storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, I... And also, like, I get really, really busy, and I was like, okay, I got to be a little more selective because mm-hmm. it is exhausting. Like, I was having a conversation with someone today, and they were kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, I'm just doing the story. And I was like, no, you're not. You are performing this piece. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was mm-hmm. trying to explain, just from an acting standpoint, it's very much like theater. You know, mm-hmm. you have to know the story and be able to use the text as a guide so it's like it can be extremely exhausting because you are playing all the characters you are set light director sound like you do everything (laughs) right um and so that also goes into it's like do I have time to commit to this project because I'll be feeling bad I'll be telling my authors like I'm gonna get to this project and know when I get to it you're gonna have my undivided attention but if you don't hear from me for like a couple weeks or a month or maybe two know that it's because this project right now has my undivided attention and that's yes. that's all I can do right now because it is it is a lot of work. I hope I'm answering mm-hmm. your question, girl, because I just be oh, yeah. this is great. This is so great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it sounds like you're you're like, I'm giving this project hundred and ten percent. And when I get to absolutely. yours, I'm gonna give yours the same, you know. Absolutely. Um, so absolutely. it sounds like your background in theater and acting, you feel like that really kind of helps you with this craft. Because I don't know if people have that background. I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know either. I think that, I think, well, I think that you don't have to have it, but like you need, you will develop the skill as you're going along. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, 
I don't know. I just don't see how <laughs> how you can, right? Because like, you know, even when I started, I had an, a background in acting, but I didn't know how to narrate, you know? Right. And so I had to get mm-hmm. training and I worked with some coaches to really learn um, mm-hmm. how to use my voice to tell the story. Like, how do mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember talking to one of my mentors and I'm just going to say she's white just for, for the purposes of this example. But I was like, I don't know if I'm doing my white characters right. And she was just like, she gave an example of when she was doing a character and the character was black. And she was just like, people gave her so much praise and props for the character. And she was like, all I did was, um, I was, again, she used that word authenticity. She was like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. What's her background? Where is she? Like, she asked the questions that an actor is going to ask when they perform any character. And mm-hmm. if you are just true to, and that's the other thing, the authors do such a good job of guiding you through the story. They don't really leave anything to chance. You know who the person is. So the same way you're reading the story and you have a very clear visual of who the sister's brother, cousin is, you know that person. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm-hmm. And I just make a choice about, okay, this person reminds me of my cousin or somebody mm-hmm. else on TV. So I give my most honest portrayal of that character. And I think because I've played a lot of different characters, I've done scene study, I've done scene, I know how to break down a character and break down a scene. It's just all of those tools are available to me when I, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm come to perform an audio book. And I think if you don't have an acting background, like you will figure it out, you mm-hmm. know, cause you're just going to want to keep getting better and better. And, mm-hmm. and, and people do, you know, and that's a good quite, question. I like that. Question. Yeah, yeah. And to be quite honest with you, Wesley, I, as a person who, you know, I'm working, I, you know, working from home, very busy every day. A lot of times I rely on listening to audiobooks versus reading them. And sometimes I'll pick up an audiobook and I'm like, you know what? I can tell this person doesn't have an acting background. <laughs> like oh, wow. they don't have an acting background. You, you can tell they're not, the inflection is off or mm-hmm. you know, they emphasize certain parts of a sentence or word. It's just a little, a little off. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. I think what you highlight really is it's more about just having a great voice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's more, it's, it really is a skill that you have to develop, and they're a real technical skills that you have to develop. Um, absolutely, and, yeah. So, what were some of like the when you were first starting out, what were some of the things that you were like, oops, that's not right? Those, those are kind of like errors that you made that you realized I need to kind of correct. So I think one of the first things you learn is just even how to be in front of the mic because it's, I I try to, my example to people is that it's like taking stage acting and film acting and putting them together because you want to be just as dynamic as you would on stage with all the lights and the costumes and everything, the makeup, everything is big because you have to read at such a distance. But with on camera, every all of that is happening, but it's happening inside. Because you can't be all, you know, popping and big eyes and all that in front of the camera, mm-hmm. not in the close-up. You know what <laughs> right. I'm saying? Like, you might get away with that in the wide side and in the comedy, but in the close-up, it's, in, you know, a drama, it, there's more stillness and more focus. The focus mm-hmm. is, is a little different. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's, it's um, that's one of the things I had to learn initially. Like, well, how do I how do I give this dynamic performance for the microphone? And then you kind of start to learn um, what your 
bad habits are. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you got a noisy mouth, okay, you got to figure that out. You know, um, right. you you can't wear certain things when you're recording. You should mm-hmm. really have a jewelry on when you're recording. Like you you want mm-hmm. your mic to be placed a certain distance from your mouth where you want your, you know, your script to be set up on your iPad. And also I think the endurance that it takes, like, I, I, don't I was going to ask about coaches. that how much you can do in one sitting. I was curious, you know, before you can take, before you have to take a break because your voice is just about to give out. How how many sittings does it take generally? Um, it really depends. I think it depends on the, the project. So um, if you, I don't know, like, a, I'm trying to think. Okay. A lot of factors. <laughs> so, like, if it's dramatic, right? Like, I did a book recently. The prologue was a whole, you know, this is a, a trigger warning right now. But it, there was a rape scene in it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I need a minute. Not that mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. exhausted, but, like, I was just emotionally had to get myself together, you know? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um to kind of get back into it. But then there are times when I'm doing something that's super light and I can I can bang out like three chapters. And then sometimes I'm like, girl, I'm crunched for time and I got to get through these pages so you just get it done. <laughs> uh, no, for real, you back me up against the wall. Um, right. So it really depends. And, you know, just little things like how big is the font on the page? Because if it's mm-hmm. big font, well, I can get through that faster than I can smaller font. And some narrators go and, redo the whole thing so that they have it set the way that they want to add. Yeah, I don't have that kind of time. But. Do you do you print out your, um, I was going to say your manuscript, but do you print out the book so that you can kind of highlight the characters so you know the different voices or are you looking at it on your iPad, as you said? Like what, so, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I work on my iPad and initially, yes, I used to, so funny I used to highlight every character like I would make all kinds of notes you know I don't do that anymore because I feel like now I just remember because there aren't that many characters um Mm -hmm. and then uh what you can do is um you can kind of copy a section like I can pull a section so like if um I do the voice of like the best friend um, I pull that so when that person comes up again, I, I have a reference for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think, too, just like reading it, like the pre-read, I kind of already know the story is going to mm-hmm. be too. Who's yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I, just, I cast it in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have like notes from like the 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 author that says, hey, you know, I'm, I see I visualize this person as this. Can you do this? Or, you know. Um, you know, I'd like a little less, you know, inflection here or there for this character, you know, do they give you extensive, do the authors give you extensive notes too, to kind of carry with you as you record? No. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll tell you so much is already on the page, Yeah, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're like, I mean, I I, I don't even know, it's it's literally the same way you hear it when you read it, Mm -hmm. like, you know what the main character sounds like and you know when her grandma shows up and she's like you know trying to encourage her to do something you know what that sounds like so and but then they also write in she says softly or he screamed or so that Mm -hmm. guides me as well um but i i have to your point though i have made it more of a a habit to kind of 
check, especially with my newer authors, I will ask them to give me like a, um, just any information they think would be useful. So whether mm-hmm. like I'm recording it or not, or if like I'm producing it and other narrators are working on it, just so that they can have a reference to mm-hmm. just maybe like what's the character's favorite color? What music do they listen to? Yeah, Sometimes things like that character. are helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So without obviously, you know, I'm not going to be tacky and I don't want to know what you make, <laughs> but is this something that, you know, if one is really, as they say, booked and busy, can someone do this full time and leave their whatever their day job was and earn a good living and and manage off of this? Or do most people who you think do the audiobooks are you doing it in addition to something else? I hope that makes sense. It does. And I don't think that's a tacky question at all. I'm so glad you asked it because mm-hmm. I think that I think like as as I know when I was younger, I was taught, don't ask the fireman when he comes to your classroom how much money he makes. Right, but I think you should. Like I'm obviously not about to tell you how much money I make, but I think that we should start having conversations about income and salary because, well, how do I know if I want to be a fireman or not? You know, what right. I, mean? like, I need right. to know. And how do I know if I'm being compensated appropriately as my that counterpart part. or my white counterpart or whatever? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's why they ain't want us to talk about it because they ain't want us to ask any more questions. <laughs> but, um. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, cause that was one of the questions I asked. Like I remember when I first started and I spent a week and this is something else I think people underestimate the value of like your colleagues and community. Because when I started, like I said, I, I had mentors, I had people coaching me, people I paid to coach me for like six months mm-hmm. just so I could learn. Wow. And mm-hmm. When I first started narrating, every week I found a different narrator, um, and I just called them and was like, "Could you give me?" Well, I emailed them first, but I was like, "Could you give me like thirty minutes this week, every Friday?" Mm-hmm. That was my thing to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. something. And one guy I talked to, he, um, I asked him that question. I was just like, "Can I really like? Will I be okay just doing this?" And he was like, uh, "Yeah." And he and his wife were um, were both narrators, but I wow. I think you can do both. I think I think people can use it as supplemental income, and I think you know it can be your full time gig. Like I, after my second year in, I was just like, oh no, this is my main thing, mainly okay. because I really like the indie black romance space, and I just. I just go so hard for y'all and I just want to champion all the authors and like be on all the projects and help bring people, other voices into the space to be on audiobooks as well. But I, for me, decided that this was my main thing and that other things were kind of like my part-time and my side hustle where, you know, somebody mm-hmm. else might come to it and they're just like, I just do this on the weekend. This is my evening thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it really just, does depend but I think what I underestimated in terms of what I wasn't clear about I think when I first started talking to people about getting into the space and I think people underestimate is that you also have to do a lot you know it's not quick money it's not easy money nobody cares Mm -hmm. if you have a nice voice can you actually Mm -hmm. perform the story because you and your family might think you got a nice voice but because mm-hmm. you know you said something earlier about like your voice going out well my voice doesn't go out because I know how to use my voice as an actor but that's mm. something that I've learned and that's something that 
people, you know, you develop, you got to know how to use your breath when you're sitting, you mm. know, sitting in there. Um, and so, um, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. What I, I wanted to say that I think you can. Oh, but because you have to give so much too, right? Like, now we're in a time where, first of all, you got to have a demo. Well, that might cost you a couple hundred dollars to put together plus your time. Then mm-hmm. once you get that, you know, you get the book, well, you got to prep the book. You know, you have to, mm-hmm. and prepping could be looking up words, pre-reading the book, having conversations with your co-narrator, um, mm-hmm. and then recording it. And that, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there's a co-narrator? Are you doing yeah, the I was book gonna, or is I, there yeah, someone yeah. with you? Yeah, you can't. Oh no, I mean like okay. when you do a a dual a dual narration. So like, oh, okay. you know, okay. if Jacoby and I are in a book or Manny and I are on a book, like we as many audiobooks as I know you do, Tatiana. So I didn't know the few I've read, I've listened to. I mean, it's been one person. So yeah, like, like oh, okay, lately has been on with like some like a handful of the the black men that do narration, uh, notably mm-hmm. like Jacoby Diem, Dion Graham, and stuff like that, and um. I was going to ask that question. If when you do have co-narrators, how does that work? How do you, do you all have like a, like you say, you have a meeting and you just kind of talk about, you know, the flow of the project and, you know, luckily for you, when you do have a co-narrator, particularly a guy, you don't have to do the guy as much. As I would, it makes yeah. sense now that you're saying that. Cause I think I'd rather hear you do a, a male voice. than I imagine that could be awkward where the, the male narrator is doing the female voice. I mean, I don't know, or a little girl's voice. Both. I mean, they absolutely they do, do both. both. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, like, you we... listen to your voice. Bit. Well, actually, go ahead because you were talking about the process, and I think that's very interesting. Oh no, I was just gonna say that we flip back and forth. So, like, if they're doing the male chapter and the female voice comes up, they they'll do the female voice and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, but but overall, you all just kind of do kind of have like a meeting of the minds and kind of talk about the project oh. and the field. Yeah want to get for the project yeah 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 well like you know I was actually just talking to someone about this today that you know ideally like we're all sitting down all meaning you know myself and the co-narrator or the two narrators working on the project and you just make decisions about um well what do you think this person sounds like you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like okay well, do you usually record in the I'm same gonna... space or you kind of have that no, no, meeting, no, no. and then you each do your own thing yeah, mm-hmm. you do your own thing. And then sometimes, honestly, like you don't have the conversation. It's all via email, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. What, what are the challenges of this job, would you say? What is the most difficult thing about this? Um, I think, well, I can't speak for other folks, but for me, it was, I think time management was a big thing for me at the beginning because I didn't quite know. I'm sorry if y'all can hear him crunch it when he's carrots. He is rude. Um, But time management, like, oh yeah, I'm excited. I want to do this project. And you like, you don't, I I didn't always put enough space in between the books. So I was just back to back to back. Mm. And I've had to learn to girl, take your weekends, you know? Um, But that means things are spread out even further um mm-hmm. which is fine like I'm really mm-hmm. grateful that my authors are like I'll, I'll wait you know um because yeah, you don't want to get burned out that sounds draining oh my all God, those projects yeah. no weekends yes yeah because you so, work from home doesn't mean that you shouldn't give yourself that time 
to debris right. in between and breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was probably the a, a big thing, and I'm, I've been working on that, doing better about that. Um, and then the thing is, it's like you think you got it, and then you realize you didn't. Because I thought I I made a good adjustment, but I was like, no, that ain't right. So, um, mm-hmm. but you just keep getting better. So like time management was a big thing, I think, um, because. Mm-hmm. You just don't know, like, well, which book is really going to, like, knock the wind out of you. You really don't know until you start working on it. Um, but I think, I think, like, some other things are just, again, it goes back to time management. Because, like, I had today, I was working on a book, and, like, I started it, but then I got a couple emails about, oh, could you send this audition in? You know, so after you record the book, they send you back your correction so places where you made mistakes and I got two emails to do some corrections so I was like well let me get that done and mm-hmm. it'll be off my plate oh the wild supposed to be recording this book you know what I mean so like right, right. Um, mm-hmm. so I got got ahead on some other stuff but I got a little bit behind where I wanted to be with the book but thankfully I still built in some extra days but I had a, a number a page number I wanted to hit that you know I'll be recording mm-hmm. once we stop talking, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can try to try to hit this goal, but it's cool. I mean, it's not. It's just a learning thing, and I think with any new job, you're like, okay, what are what are the things that I'm not so great at with this particular mm-hmm. thing, and you just get better. Mm-hmm. What do you think people would be surprised to learn about this job, about your process? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what people <laughs> think about it. <laughs> You know what I think? I think a lot of people think it's just reading. Like they, they just think it's reading and, and off the page and um, mm-hmm. easy. But I've seen your lives. I've seen, I've seen your Instagram lives where you kind of do samples and stuff and mm-hmm. where you do authors. And I can tell the job is not easy because I think about it this way. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody, audio books for a lot of people are the only way that they experience books for a number of reasons. They could visual learning, you know, um, issues, mm-hmm. um, tactile issues, whatever they have. They could be, this is the only gateway that some people are access they have to books. So not only are you having to relay and set a scene for somebody who can't see the words, but, you know, I'm saying you're you're also the person that's kind of entering them into that world um, mm-hmm. and in that scene and entering that into that world so they can get a better understanding of what the author is trying to convey so mm-hmm. I, I think it's more than just reading off the page you know people yeah. just reading and mm-hmm. yes you have to have a nice voice but like you said there's training that goes behind it so mm-hmm. like, and you're talking about using your breath and the breathing yeah. and all that. I did not know any of that yeah 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 mm-hmm. and I, think, I think about it as like the old radio plays of like long time mm-hmm. ago you know she's doing sort of the same thing um but with you know books that are already you know out or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, what i know you talked a little bit about having stuff on your ipad and stuff like that so what's your setup like Like, do you have like some wine do you like some candles mm -hmm. oh that's a good question what do you what do you what is what how do you set the mood does that depend on what you're recording Mm. well Mm -hmm. So, initially, when I first started, I was like, yeah, I'm about to set the whole scene. But the reality of it is, and I was, when you said, like, what would be surprising, that it's just not glamorous at all. <laughs> like, I'm okay. legit in a closet with blankets on my walls. 
mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. small and you know I got I took the shelves <laughs> so whatever but I took the shelves that were in the wall um and I made that my desk so like mm-hmm. I put my I got a wireless keyboard and a wireless mouse I got a, a monitor and my mic is hooked up and hanging um and I put my iPad to the side you know so mm-hmm. it's it's I couldn't light a candle because I would burn everything up because it's mm-hmm. so small. And I wish I could drink. I did have a glass of wine one time on one book, and it was like the last part of the book, and I was just like, I need it. Mm. And so I did. But it, it fit the book though. It like the book. Mm-hmm. The book needed a glass of wine. Um, <laughs> and after yeah. a project's done, like I don't like a lot of actors don't look at their work. Do you go back and listen to your audiobooks after they're done? No, I did um, in the beginning because I just didn't know what it sounded like. And I just wanted to hear. Um, but I haven't sent because I think, I, I don't know, I, I became too critical. Like, it's, you know, like when you That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, how do you feel listening to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you create something. You're just like, oh, why did I do that like that? Why did I? It's like, girl, just stop. Because it will never be perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can imagine because you're just like, oh, why did I say it like this? And I should have done that. And so you, you do. Okay, we we know you do a lot of sexy books, like sexy, sexy <laughs> books. Um, you know, a lot of erotica. Christina C. Jones, Alexander House, Nicole Fall, Danielle Allen. I can go on and on. Love Belvin, all these Katrina Jackson because I just finished listening to Office Hours the other day. Um, hey. so, yeah, I was just like, you know, Wesley, she just, she just be doing it, honey. But like, how how do you how do you put are, are the love scenes the most the hardest part to narrate the sex scenes, the sexy stuff, or is it the other stuff? For me, are almost like action scenes, mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. because it's just it's constantly in motion, pretty much. You know, mm-hmm. I can't wait. I'm talking about this so technically, but yeah, so it's like <laughs> that. They're constantly in motion. You know who mm-hmm. touching what and how it feels to the other person, and that moment leads to the next moment. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of easier to get into a flow with that. Dialogue is tricky, and it is harder. <laughs> when I first started narrating, I met this guy. He was like, "Yeah, I used to do audiobooks." He said the first um, book I got it was a series, and he was like, after the third book, he stopped because he said he had a scene, and it was seven characters at a dinner table he was like I was done I was like I get it oh my god I get it I get it because I've been in that place where like literally one woman and all her friends so they all the same demographic you know what I mean like they all just having brunch and I was just like my god what am I supposed to do and I called her I was like I need help and she was like you just better cast it with a bunch of different women and, and do your best so yeah those those are hard, but once you've done it, like, cast a it with a bunch of women, as in invite a few other voices to join you. Oh Is no, let me mean? explain that. No, I mean, um, so like, let's say I'm having, I'll just name actresses that I know. Like, so Taraji P Henson is one character. Gabrielle Union is another. Mm-hmm. Um, Loretta Devine may show up, and then I might cast somebody else as like, I don't know. When you say cast them, you mean put yourself in that in their yeah, like I'll oh okay. Imagine that the that these characters are these other people, or like even I might say my friends, you know, yeah, 
who I know have, like, mm-hmm. completely different personalities, completely different. Because it's like when you tell a story, if you told a story and you were like your mom was there, your grandma, your little cousin, your best friend, and you told the whole story and said everything that they said, they're mm-hmm. all going to sound different. Because you tell they're all story, such different you know? people. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so again, you, you've, you've done all these, <laughs> like so many books. How, how many books do you think you've done like in your career? I'm going to guess. I know. I'm going to say you've done like okay, 60. Yeah. No, I know it's not 60. <laughs> Lower than 60 or higher than 60? It's higher than 60. I figured it. <laughs> I thought I was low. I did. I thought that was a low estimate, to be quite honest. I was like 60. Let me low see. Hold on. I know it's, you want me to tell you? Okay. Audible says it's 112. <gasps> Just on Audible. Wow. Just wow. on Audible, right? Because there's some books that haven't even made it to the Audible. Yeah, that's true. Some some stuff you might be working on, some stuff that might be in other places. That are- now, do you ever do any children's literature? Because you have a very young sounding voice. Like I imagine you could sound like a nine-year-old girl if you wanted to, or is that just kind of not your thing? No, I, I mean, my kids show up in the book. So like I lend mm-hmm. my youthful exuberance to, uh, you know, those voices, <laughs> mm-hmm, but-, mm-hmm. <laughs> but not like a, a an entirely kind of kids, mm-hmm. kids genre Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so Wesley you also produce and have your own like production company can you Mm -hmm. tell me and like what are you doing with with um a Wesley Siobhan production company well thank you for asking and Mm -hmm. I am figuring it out um (laughs) yeah because I wanted to well I had um a platform we created like a an app platform where books that we produce we put on the platform because although audible is great audible is there's some other issues where you know the authors or whoever are are the rights holders you get such a small percentage of what the book actually sells for and so authors have been like oh wait a minute let me figure something out so my response to that as well was like well what if i had a platform so the things that the books that we create we put on our own platform Mm-hmm. And so through beta testing, I discovered some things that I can't even fix. I can't even work around, but um, I have some solutions. So that was a part of it to like develop or is a part of it to create a platform that is for <laughs> not to be like for us, by us, but like truly is for us and, and created by us. Yeah. Um, another friend of mine recently mm-hmm. said is it is great when all people of color join forces, but sometimes black people can be um, taken out of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, their whole thing was, we still need our own space that is for us. So I'm thinking of like mm-hmm. partnering with this person in terms of like the platform, but so he has like a brilliant solution. But for me, what I'm excited about in the meantime is producing work that has, um, because like I said before, like there's nobody sitting over my shoulder. There's nobody telling me how to do it. I get to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So we did the marriage contract and I was like, well, I want to do this as a multicast. And mm-hmm. we did, um, I've been doing more duet style books. And, there, uh, you know, we did Book of Niles and we added, oh, I'll wait. <laughs> but I want to get into projects <laughs> where like we're adding more sound and music and, you know, just having yeah. fun. And yeah. I feel like, what happens is 
there's no there there are a few production companies that are tailoring projects um, for the authors, mm-hmm. like I see happening in other spaces, and right. I just want to do that. I I want I want it to go beyond you don't have to be so articulate when you perform this book. Like you can make it sound like the way I hear these people in my head all the mm-hmm. way through. Well, how, how can we produce this in a way that is like just really fun and interesting and allows people to go on a, a higher level of, of a journey or a deeper level of a, a mm-hmm. journey, however you want to put it. Um, so that's what I'm excited about doing with, um, the production company and then ideally working with more authors who might not have the resources to get an audiobook produced so wow. finding different ways to abridge that gap because there are a lot of great books out there but audiobooks are expensive you yeah. got to pay for narrators and the editing mm-hmm. and like you know we're not cheap and so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm trying to find ways to bridge that gap so that if an author doesn't have like a huge, huge following, but they have a really great book and yeah. I want to work on it. Like how, what's, I'm finding solutions for that. So that's the production company. She's still a baby, but she's growing. Girl. She that's growing. awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. That is wonderful. So mm-hmm. like you're among like a handful of like black narratives that are out there. Like I can name you, Bonnie Turpin, um, Robin Miles, and Nina Edwards. They're like a small handful of y'all. Good for me and some great company. Yeah, wow. you're a great company though. Amazing company. Um, and then on the male side, I think there are even fewer black males, to be honest, um, doing uh, audio narration. But how do you think we can encourage more of us to get into the field um, like I know I've done it on my TikTok. I see a guy on TikTok talking sex. And I'm like, you know what? You should narrate audiobooks. There's a lot of money to be made, you know, especially <laughs> if he's, you know, has a great voice and he's like, you know, he has something that I think women would like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, how can we encourage, you know, folks to get um into the audiobook narration? And what do you think are some key resources for them to like, you know? if they want to get started, where, where can they look? Um, I'm still figuring that out mm. because I think that it's just not like you cannot just fill out a job application and start. Working. I was going to say, yeah, where do you <laughs> even start? Because I think a lot of people who might want to do it wouldn't even know, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, there are some resources out there like Andy Arndt has a whole um she has a whole platform called narrator.life if I'm not mistaken I know it's narrator life I think there's a dot in there but if you google her um Andy Arndt like you'll see she has a whole platform that is tailored to talking to narrators and helping them navigate this space because there is a need you know Mm -hmm. to your point like there is a need for more black voices specifically black voices you know um Mm -hmm. in short definitely of of all races and colors but there is a need for black voices over here (laughs) um i think that in in my experience for me like i said i took six months to just learn i was Mm -hmm. coaching i was going to a studio and at the time like this place was free so i could just go in every week you could do an hour a week i did my hour a week religiously 
and I worked with different people. And once they saw, oh, she's really serious about this, people really started giving me, like, handing me tons of information that I took advantage of. But I practiced. And I think, I think the first step is sit down with a script, a, a book, and sit in a chair and read for an hour out loud. And if you did that and, you know, you didn't throw the book across the room, okay, that's the first step. But mm-hmm. after that, I would mm-hmm. say, you know, find places like uh, Andy Arndt. Like, people have reached out to me just to, like, you know, would you listen to my sample and and, and give me some feedback? And there are classes mm-hmm. you can take. Um, even on ACX.com, like, that's a, basically a, a <laughs> it's almost like a meetup <laughs> for okay. narrators and, and authors and producers. So you can, they all, but they have a lot of classes. They have a lot of videos that teach you um, what you need to be prepared, what's going to be expected of you as a narrator. You, because most of us are working from home now, you know, pre-2020, you could kind of get away with it, but mm-hmm. working from home, you got to have a space that you can record. It has to sound good. You know, it can't sound like you are narrating out the back of your car, you know, Um, (laughs) that's going to be a problem because uh, like listeners hear that, you know, they hear like the quality is just whack. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you got to learn how to uh, use the the software. You got to learn how to record yourself. You have to invest in a good mic. Yeti ain't going to get it. Yeti ain't gonna, I shouldn't say that, but I don't think Yeti gonna get it. Like, you're gonna have to invest. So, it's a financial investment. Um, Mm -hmm. So, that's why you gotta sit down for that hour and see is this something I really feel like I can do? Because it's not like, as much as it was a blessing for me, it's not a, it's not like a a quick come up at all. And also, I had Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of years of, of acting experience and training behind me. You know, but I still had to take like a season or two to learn yeah. how to actually do it. And and that was just me learning how to narrate. When 2020 hit and I had to build a, a studio in my closet, I'm sitting on the closet floor crying and my dog is looking a tear out of my eye because mm-hmm. I was struggling trying to figure out, well, how do I get this interface connected to this? You know, and that was just my mm-hmm. um my ignorance, like I, somebody might be coming to it like, well, I, I know how to do all that. I got that. Well, mm-hmm. you're a step ahead. That won't be yeah. your, you know, thing, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know I know, authors don't like this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Cause well, why we, you ask me if they don't like it? Because I don't care. You know how authors say every book is like their baby. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't pick favorites. Mm-hmm. But you have a favorite book that you narrated that you're like this is my baby like if somebody says you know this is my prize book that I've narrated you know this is my favorite I've done do you have one I don't (laughs) (laughs) what about a favorite genre it's not that um I guess I like a lot of different things for different reasons like I'll say this, like, I loved The Perfect Find because it was funny as hell. And it was such a good story. Like, I loved the way it ended, you know? Um, Were you cracking up as you, were you able to keep your composure or did you ever giggle and have to try to to re-record? I definitely had to pause and laugh. And um, (laughs) it was one of those books, because my mom sometimes reads them 
from like, oh my God, you should read this. She was like, and she read it before me. She was like, did you get to this part? You know, so um, <laughs> like we really enjoyed that. But like, um, like Pretty Shattered Soul, like that one took me out because of um, just the, like how it starts. I was just like, wait a minute, you know? And so I love them all for different reasons. Like I get to journey to so many different places. And, mm-hmm. you know, like even with CCJ, she was my first. And I just appreciated meeting all of these different women. Like I, I was coming for, from a world where black women were seen pretty much in certain ways, but coming into, you know, fiction and, and romance, mm-hmm. these women are assassins. They are, you know, starting wineries, a professional poker player. And I'm like, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I get to journey to all mm-hmm. these places. And then like Sabrina B. Scales, like she's hilarious, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and the sex is bomb. Like I enjoy that. And I recently just did a, um, a urban fiction with, and she tricked me with that one. I will say that because we supposed to do a paranormal and um, <laughs> the author switched it at the last minute. We was just like, it's, it's all good. Like we just, we just want to do the book. And I really enjoyed that thing. It's not like yeah. power on <laughs> 25,000. And we were like going through all the emotions, laughing, crying, fighting, you yeah. know, um, and ready to do the next one because she left us with a cliffhanger. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I just, and I enjoy them all. Like everybody is, it, it's just really a pleasure to be able to, um, again, that word authenticity, like to be able yeah. to yeah. hear each author's authentic voice and go on, on these different journeys with them. So mm-hmm. all of them are. I was going to ask what was the most rewarding part of this job for you but it sounds like you kind of answered it you know mm. was there anything else or is that really really it I think I think being trusted to mm-hmm. you know I'm no writer girl I, I wrote me about a half a page or something and haven't been back to it and I need to get back to it it's hard yeah yes and prior to that, I had so much fun just figuring out who my characters were. And that mm-hmm. took me like two weeks. Like every night I just worked on one character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so knowing what goes into creating, I was asking one of my authors the other day, I was like, what's the longest it took you to write a book? And she was like, one, nine months, and another one, like maybe a month, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of commitment. And it's it a lot is. of time. Mm-hmm. And to hand over your manuscript to somebody, you know, mm-hmm. and hope they get it right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that's a lot mm-hmm. of trust. So I yeah. I appreciate um that people trust me with with their kids, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you've Absolutely. done you've done the run the gamut in contemporary romance, paranormal, LGBT thrillers, everything. Is there a genre that you wanna do that you haven't done yet? Ha- haven't recorded for yet? Or all okay, like honestly, I would like to do more of the um hello I guess it would be the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. I guess what I'm trying yeah, to say yeah. is more of the girl on girl stories. Because yeah, cool. I was actually surprised that because I'd never done it before. And I was like, Hold up, y'all. This is steamy. <laughs> this is some good stuff. And and I I think one book, the woman was black, but the other one, I think it was a white author. 
Mm-hmm. They only done two, well, three, but two was of a series. So this is a call to action to have more. Um, I don't know. What do y'all think? Do is that like not popular in the black romance space? I feel like you be no, 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 absolutely, yeah. There's way more queer romance coming out. As a matter of fact, mm. um, if if she's listening, Chancia Higgins, if you are listening <laughs> and you have your audio bit coming. Um, Chris and Devon plan a wedding. I don't know if they already got it out yet, whatever. But you would have been the perfect voice for that after I read the book. I thought about that. Um, but it was it's a black LGBT fake marriage dating uh mm. type of romance, romantic comedy, and it was really funny and hilarious and you know, had a whole bunch of cultural nuances. But I, I definitely think there's a need for that. A lot of uh mm. queer uh, and a lot of the indie romance is queer and LGBT focused so that if I would tell them to come your way honey if, you, if you're looking for audio book yeah, I'm right. not mad at it I'm not mad like I was I read this one book I was like yo what <laughs> it, this is tickling my fancy like it was, <laughs> it was so steamy so, wow. okay so if, if anyone's hearing Wesley would like more <laughs> Yes. So I know we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you finally, like, what do you want, like, after everything's said and done, and you have this extensive work of body of works of like auto audio narration, and you run the gamut and everything, what do you want people to say about the work that you produce and, you know, where do you where do you see yourself going with this in the next few years? Mm, that's a great question. Y'all have some good questions. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. We try. Um, we try. Yeah. Um. I I I'm gonna just throw some words out there and try to make them make sense, but I. <laughs> I want, I said to somebody today, like, it's important for me to plant my flag here because I think it's no secret that there is a, there's a hole that needs to be filled. And I think that, or I should say it's being filled, that um, authors want and need and deserve producers and narrators who are going to uplift and magnify their work. Audio, the audiobook industry is exploding and more people have to be like, I know I am championing behind you and not just about I'll get the book done mm-hmm. and we'll put it out there, but like, no, let's really cast this well as best as we can. Let's make sure that, you know, we are adding all the bells and whistles that we can muster because I think a lot of times it can be um, almost like a a manufacturing thing, right? Like it's just a production line where you just kind of push through. Um, And I, I would like to do something different in this space. So I would, I I guess I just want to be known for like having fun, being a change Mm -hmm. agent, producing some quality work, bringing um, really fun, interesting, sexy voices over here. Um, yeah, girl, I got to think about that because I want to sound more articulate. But like, <laughs> I I just really want to make, I want to make an impact in the way that 
like people feel supported. People mm-hmm. feel, they feel loved. They feel cared about everything mm-hmm. that they poured into their stories. They feel like they're getting back um, in, in audiobook form. Yeah. But listen, listen, Wesley, as a, as one audiobook fan, as a person who's a fan of your work, trust me, you are loved in the romance community. Everybody loves you. Everybody loves your work. Um, We love to hear you bring characters that we love and fall in love with to life. And we just cannot wait to, to hear more from you and see you do more amazing things. But before we go, where can people find you on the internet and where can they find most of your work? We know Audible, a lot of your stuff is on Audible, but there's stuff, I think there's stuff of yours on Kobo, Rakuten, pretty much anywhere they have audiobooks, right? Definitely. I don't even know the places that you just named. Like I'm in the closet so much, I don't know what's going on. I just know Audible. But yes, all of those places. And and then, you know, a lot of the authors have their own platforms um, and they do, uh, their books through book funnel so yeah yeah I don't know exactly how they work you on on the on the internet as well what about your Wesley underscore do you say my social when you said that you know I'm old so it made me think my social security number no, like, hold on this. <laughs> hold on this. this was a fun combo but when that when that's fun um, <laughs> Wesley underscore Siobhan mm. I, I could spell that but We'll have it, on, the, we'll have it on our okay. website, they're, they're on the podcast. They'll see and it. You're, the first name Wesley is so distinctive that it, it comes up when we look for you, when people look yeah, for you. Yeah, you're the oh, that's cool. awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Wesley, for joining Thank us. Thank you. Yeah, this was so fantastic. I learned so much, and I'm yes, really excited yeah, about that. Time talking to you. Thank you to Wesley for joining Yakini and I on the podcast. Again, you can find her on her social media at Wesley, W-E-S-L-E-I-G-H underscore Siobhan. That's S-I-O-B-H-A-N. She's on Twitter. She's on Facebook. She's on Instagram. And she has her own website, WesleySiobhan.com. And pick up her audiobooks. They're available pretty much everywhere that you get your audiobooks. Audible, Kobo, I'm telling you, everywhere, including some of our independent authors' websites. So please support Indie Romance. Please support audiobooks. And until next time, please continue supporting Romance and Color. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.